Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Lynn S., and I am a recovered compulsive overeater in Toronto, Canada. Today is Thursday, April the 10th, 2023, and we're continuing our study of the big book in the chapter Into Action. On page 77, the second paragraph, under no condition do we criticize such a person. I will be reading and commenting on that one paragraph only. Today's readers are The Twelve Steps, Janice S., Twelve Traditions, Katie G., and readers of the text, Pete B. and Martha Z. The reference numbers for yesterday, Wednesday, April the 26th, the 7 a.m. meeting, 20198, and the 10 a.m. meeting, 20199. OA Preamble, Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states each group has but one primary purpose to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Janice S. to read the 12 steps. Good morning, Janice. Good morning, this is Janice S. Park Sunshine from Tennessee. The 12 steps are number one, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Number two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Number three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, kiss me, I'm sorry. I just lost my place, I'm so sorry. Six, we were entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, we humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and become willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Number ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. 
Number 11, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood Him, praying only for knowledge of His will for us and the power to carry that out. And number 12, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you for allowing me to share. Thank you, Janice S. And Katie G. will read the 12 traditions. Welcome, Katie. Hey, Lynn. Thanks for your service. Good morning, everyone. Katie G., Recovered Compulsive Eater. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, that our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, film, television, and other public media of communication. And 12, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thanks for letting me serve. For that, I pass. Thank you, Katie G. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today we resume our study of the big book in the chapter Into Action on page 77, the second paragraph. Under no condition do we criticize such a person. And Pete B. is going to read for us. Welcome, Pete. Thank you, Lynn. Thank you for your service. Good morning, everybody. My name is Pete B. I'm a compulsive overeater. 
I'm recovered today by God's grace and mercy, and I live in Pennsylvania. Under no condition do we criticize such a person or argue. Simply we tell him that we will never get over drinking until we have done our utmost to straighten out the past. We are there to sweep off our side of the street, realizing that nothing worthwhile can be accomplished until we do so. Never trying to tell him what he should do. His faults are not discussed. We stick to our own. If our manner is calm, frank, and open, we will be gratified with the result. So um, I'm super grateful for the recovered compulsive overeaters that helped me uh, look at my past in my fourth step and in my inventory. You know, these were folks that were, that were, um, that helped me to objectively and neutrally look over my past and understand where I was at fault in nearly all of the issues I had with, with people in my life. And Without without those resources, it would be very difficult because I suffer from you know yeah while I suffer from compulsive overeating, symptoms of my disease are selfishness, dishonesty, resentment, fear, right, all to the extreme, and and it's very very difficult to see my part in anything, right? So when when we're, when we read this paragraph, I believe this paragraph, you know, is relating to when we're we're in discussions with some of the people we have harmed, and I don't know about you, but most of the people that I had harmed were people who were close to me. And I don't, I, I don't ever want to lead with letting them know that I'm there to make amends, and if I don't do it effectively, that I'll never get over my drinking, because I don't want to imply that how they receive it is going to impact my sobriety, because they, these are the people that, that suffered perhaps more than I did from my condition, right? So I want to go into this understanding how I harmed somebody and how I was there to fix it, right? Because what amends means is that I'm going to compensate for a wrongdoing, right? I'm going to make something up. I don't want to make a commitment to change because I, I, I have a history of empty promises because my condition made it, almost impossible for me to make changes, right? So I don't want to, I don't want to show up and have a commitment like this time it's going to be different. And from now on, I'm going to be this way. That's not what I want to do. I want to make amends, not amend, right? Amend means I make a minor change. I want to, I want to make up for the wrong that I've done. I want to explain to you what my part is. Let them know what I intend to do to make up for it in a, in, in a sane and rational sense. And then ask them, is, is, will that do, right? Will that do? Um, in many instances, that's going to be met with, you know, like this says, you know, it's going to be met very positively. And in some instances, it's not. And I'm not responsible for when it's not. I'm there to sweep off my side of the street. I've looked at this. I've evaluated what caused me to be this way. And I'm making up for it by replacing what I took right, explaining why I did something and where I am with the situation 
and then moving on, right? My peace of mind and serenity does not rely on the, on the response to the person I'm making amends to. My peace of mind and serenity relies in the fact that I've swept off my side of the street, I'm walking hand in hand in the sunlight of the spirit, and I'm recovered by God's grace and mercy. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, PP. The line is now open for sharing on what we just read. Although we value your experience, we ask that you limit your share to every third day so that others may share their experience too. So if you shared on Tuesday or Wednesday, please step back and let others have their turn. And please say your name just once as it does help me hear everybody. Who would like to share? Camera C. Reva P. Corey H. Ken W. H. N. Okay, I missed the lady at the end. I think it was Lisa somebody? Lisa N. Okay, this is who I heard. Tamara C. Reva P. Lori H. Ken WH and Lisa M. Did I miss anybody? Okie doke. Let's start with that lineup. Tamara C., it's your turn, followed by Reva P. Good morning, Tamara. Tamara, press star one, please. Get Pamela P. from Pennsylvania. Here I am. Okay, there you go, Tamara. Good morning. Good morning, Lynn. Thank you so much for your service. Good morning, everyone. I'm Pamela P. from Pennsylvania. in Missouri. Pamela, thank you. We've started sharing now. Sorry, Tamara, please go ahead. Yeah, no problem. I'm glad everyone's here. Um, So this thing about criticism, it... um, never criticize. Criticism is a major defect in my thinking about myself and others and um, I kind of have this thing that helps me which is just stop all criticism and um, my higher power is helping me notice where I want to criticize people and so in my in my amends um, well this is it says like such a person so I'm asking myself who is this specifically talking about and I look at the paragraph before this is when I'm making amends to that person that's really hard for me to make amends to. Um, maybe they criticize me, have a history of criticizing me, or there's a good chance they're going to criticize me. And it kind of helps me to have a little bit of a, a a plan going in. Like, what if my character defects get triggered? <laughs> what if their, their response um, gets me feeling on the defensive? And kind of helps me to um i mean i have had had someone get real critical with me and it helped me to just say something like well thank you i appreciate your honesty thanks for sharing your feelings you've given me something to think about i don't need to engage with it or or um i it helps me to remember my motives are not to convince them anything or to defend myself or to make them like me um i just um um, my, my sponsor encourages me to keep it to a short, simple script um, and and asks me over and over and over, what is it, Tamara, that you regret? What do you regret? And so I just 
did. And um, she also encouraged me to put it in words that make sense to them. Like I've done this big inventory and I have all these these defects that make sense to me, my self-centeredness. Um, but uh, I kind of have this program language and I'm not going to use that with, with this person. I'm going to think, you know, what? how, how do they want to hear, you know, that my way of being has caused harm to them and made life hard for them. And so, um, yeah, I just really focus on, uh, I, I appreciate the opening share that I'm here to, you know, to make right the harm, the harm that I did. And so that's what I wanted to share. Thanks. I pass. Thank you, Tamara C. Reva P., it's your turn, followed by Lori H. Welcome, Reva. Good morning. This is Reva P., grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater in Toronto. You know, I noticed that in one paragraph, it says three times the same thing. I don't criticize. I'm there to sweep my the street. And his faults are not discussed. And it's like they knew that if I get too loose and when I'm, you know, speaking to this person and doing my amends, I can start you know, adding in, but you did this and you did that. Um, And I don't think the first couple of amends I did were so clean because if I'm doing this, I need to let go of my need to be right or things to be fair. This has nothing to do with being right or wrong or fair or not fair. This whole thing is to sweep off my side of the street to clean up the messes, the wrongs that I've done. And why am I doing this? So I can clear my channel and not be blocked from the power that will save me and give me the power to not pick up the substance ingredients behaviors that I'm allergic to and destroy me. That's all I'm there for. I'm not there to teach people a lesson, to punish people who did me wrong. That is not my aim and goal. And I love that it's trying to keep me focused here, keep me on my you know, keep me in my lane. Um, And um, the other thing I wanted to mention is I'm so grateful, you know, my manner is calm, frank, open. I am so grateful for people because I need guidance when I'm preparing to do my amends, you know, to be really clear on the exact nature of my harms. What what exactly was the harm? Um, And am I really regretful? Um, Because if I'm not, then I go back and I pray to be willing. Um, yeah, what is the harm? Expressing my sincere regret, um, you know, that I do plan to aim to try to not do that again. And I ask if there's anything else they want to tell me. Um, yeah, and just keep to my script um, because other people's behavior is is none of my business. Um, yeah, and I will never get over compulsive overeating until I've done my utmost to straighten out the past. Um, and the last thing is that business of the street, you know, there's somewhere else in the big book where it talks about when I walk down the street, if I've done this work and I complete the inventory process, I don't have to worry when I walk down a street that I'm afraid to see somebody or afraid to face somebody because I've cleaned up, um, I've cleaned up all my wrongs. Um, and it's an ongoing process because I still make mistakes. Um, but thank you, God, that I have this step because I have a method and stepwise sequential plan of how to clean up, clean up the messes that I make. 
Um, and with that, I pass. Thank you, Reva P. Lori H., it's your turn, followed by Ken W.H. Please go ahead, Lori. Good morning, family. This is Lori H. in Florida. Um, wow, this brought up what, exactly what I'm going through right now. Thank you so much to the speaker for some clarity, and thank you, Lynn, for your service. Now, I'm really impatient. I want my recovery now. And when I get to the point of making amends, there's a fire inside my belly that, that just starts moving me. And I am, you know, I have to be careful because I have to be ready to make this amends and timing, divine timing, not mine. Um, so I've got to be clear. I've got to have run this by my sponsor first. And for me, I can cause harm with my amends. I think somebody is right in front of me and, and my higher power has presented me with the opportunity to make that amends right now. And I rush on in there and I do it without my card and I forget to pray and I, you know, this is going to happen. And I just let that fire on out instead of doing it in divine timing, instead of making an appointment. I have blindsided people with my amends and I'm causing more harm in that way, especially when I forget to pray because I lose my focus. You know, I've even gone into crying, which I realized later was me softening them up so they would be easy on me. And I have made so many amends that were just so ineffective and did not create any healing. It did not clean up my side of the street. It added more to it. And, um, and it hurt them in the long run because I did continue to behave in certain ways. And um, today I really want this um, not to just clean up my side of the street, in divine timing, that it actually is an effective amends and the, the situation has been resolved, but I don't want to hurt them. And I've, I've caused enough harm to like my family, for example, with an amends that I need to make to my uncle that I've been sitting on for a long time. And I'm glad that he didn't, you know, wasn't available for those amends before. I'm going to get clear with my sponsor again and revisit my card. And, um, and my, my higher power will let me know when, when I'm ready that I can actually make the mend part of it. Um, thank you for listening. I pass. Thank you, Lori H. Ken W. H., it's your turn, followed by Lisa M. Good morning, Ken. Well, good morning, Lynn. This is Ken W. H., Recovered Compulsive Overeater from North Carolina. Um, <clears throat> wreckage, clearing up the wreckage of the past um, is the goal here, and, and, and it's all uh, focused on, for me, it's all focused on um, realizing that the wreckage of the past interfered with my relationships to God and to others. It just broke those relationships or damaged them. And my goal is, um, in doing this amend, is not so much to fix the relationship and renew it necessarily. It is simply to <laughs> take responsibility for what I have done, period. This is, uh, this is all about um, trusting God, uh, that by taking responsibility for what I've done um, is healthy, is wholesome, and it, more than anything, restores relationship to God, first and foremost. It may restore a relationship, and it may not, which would be sad 
because sometimes that wreckage is pretty devastating. Um, so I go about it and go to the person and simply own, take responsibility for my actions. I own them. And I, it's pretty simple, really. This is what I did. I'm sorry. This is what I did. It was wrong. I'm sorry. Any more than that, make sure if there's tangible amends to make, I make them. But in most cases, if it's that I've caused harm in in a uh, mental or emotional sense, um, again, I have to agree. You can't make a promise. That's that's silly. Then that's not the point. It's simply to say, I made a mistake. I messed up. I'm a, I'm at fault. I take responsibility and I apologize. In the end of discussion, unless that person has some questions. But I don't need to fill in details. I don't need to explain. I don't even have to say why I did what I did. I just did it. And that's all that matters. I did it. No excuses, no setup, no uh, pre <laughs> preconditions to my making this amends. Like I did it, I'm doing it because I'm trying to get everybody out, blah, blah, blah. No, just go to the person and say, look, this is what I did. It was wrong. And I'm sorry. End of story for me. Um, that keeps it simple. That keeps it focused on my relationship to God first and my relationship to that person in terms of the way I continue to think about them. I can pray for them whether they accept it or not. I can. It changes relationship. It grows relationship. And that's a blessing, a gift of recovery, and I'm so grateful for it. Thank you. I pass. Thank you, Ken W.H. Next, we have Lisa M., followed by Pamela P. Good morning, Lisa. Good morning. It's actually Lisa N. for Nancy. I know it's sometimes hard to hear. Um, Anyway, thank you for your service this morning. I'm from Wisconsin, and when I hear this particular paragraph, I cringe because before I had the big book, I did, um, I I went through the steps and I I got abstinent. I lost a lot of weight, but I wasn't recovered enough to know um, that there were special, uh, there was a special and actually a very easy method of making amends. And so I look back at a time that I made amends to my in-laws and it was very vague because I'm a vague. I can be vague in many ways, um, just to not to uh, point fingers at myself, but to know myself. I can I can be vague about things. So I said, you know, I just haven't been the daughter-in-law. I said to my my in-laws, I haven't been the daughter-in-law, and I may have hurt your feelings. And it's just so it was so lame, and I I do feel badly that I said that. And then what was worse is that my I went there um, to visit them alone, and my husband called me, and there was a problem going on at home that I was thinking he should be able to solve, and so I got mad at him while I was there to say make amends to them. So here I'm, you know, kind of mad at their son, and it's like I just did not get it. I didn't get it. And so today I have the big book. I have somebody who has shown me how to make amends. I pray. I have help. 
and I don't do it alone, and that's the best part. So I know that I was always terrified to make amends. Well, it was because I didn't know how. And um, so anyway, I'm really grateful. I think really this this uh, meeting has saved me in so many ways, and that is one of them. Um, and the need for a sponsor, um, a guidance. So anyway, thank you for letting me share with Alpass. Thank you, Lisa N. And now we have Pamela P. Good morning, Pamela. Hello. There you are. Hi. Good morning. Good morning. God bless you. My name is Pamela P. Thank you. I'm sorry about the commotion earlier. Um. So, yeah, I just feel... Um, like all over the place now. Um, I'm feel like I made my men and um deal with whatever people in the past. I feel I ain't kind of okay with that. Now this moment, I'm just trying to get through my feelings. I get in like in a depressed, down type of mindset, and I don't have like resentment. I will not have resentment or other, or it's just my sister racing. So I'm just trying to live in the present and make the best of the present. Um, I just lost my recovery, and I'm, I don't know I'm going to get it back, and that will frighten me. It was so strong for the little days I had it. I think it was about a week, and then it just will poof, it will go. And it's just hard. The whole mind of that recovery has been hard to get back. And I am, um, but I am being calm to keep my emotion in check to a other and could not be a problem and my problem. And I can't change other. I could change my reaction toward things that trigger me. And I'm just trying. And I feel like I'm exit with my mental health. So I'm just praying to God just for today. I do what I need to do to stay afloat um, with the help of the program, my sponsor, working the steps, and just being centered and also being grateful because life could be 20,000 times what so many people are suffering around the world and even in the program. So I did lose my recovery. I am in relapse. But it could be it could be a, a darker relapse. And I'm afraid it get into that route. So I'm just praying to God that I just stay calm. And with others, I I I will let go. Um, just start a new pace, a new day. I feel that what God do to me. He don't hold grudge. He he just let it go and move on. So I want to do that to others. And it a wee program, so I thank God for the fellowship. The fellowship been very good to me, to keeping me afloat. So that's what I want to say. Um, please don't give up on yourself, because God will never win. And thank you to let me share. I would think some the group don't like me, but anyway, I pass. Thank you, Pamela P. For those of us who might have come on the line a little bit later this morning, We are continuing our study of the big book and the chapter into action. 
On page 77, the second paragraph, under no condition do we criticize such a person. The line is now open for sharing on what we just read. Although we value your experience, we ask that you limit your share to third day so that others may share their experience too. So if you're shared on Tuesday or Wednesday, please step back and let others have their turn. And please say your name just once as it does help me hear everybody. Who would like to share? Shanna C. Okay, can you hang on just a moment, please, and let me tell you who I did hear. I missed a lot of people. I heard Patty O. and Shanna C. Who did I miss, please? Penny P. Okay, I heard Penny P. and Russ M. Did I miss anybody else? Penny P. I've got you. Thank you, Penny. Thank you. Okay, so far we have Patty O, Shanna C, Penny P, and Russ M. Anybody else? Rachel B. Okay, great. We've got our lineup. Patty O, Shanna C, Penny P, Russ M., and Rachel P. Good morning, Patty. Please go ahead. Hi, my name's Patty O. I live in Florida. I'm a compulsive overeater. Can you can you hear me? Yes, thank you. All right. This uh, I just have over 90 days, which is quite a miracle in my life. Um, and I'm going through the steps with my sponsor, as written in the big book. Um, I've been in recovery from um, alcoholism for many, many decades, and I'm doing this um, non-step, and there's three people. I, I Prior to thinking about it, I thought I didn't have any more amends to make. I didn't think I had any resentments, and um, it occurred to me upon reflection that there are three people that pray way heavy on me that I think about a lot and feel like if I met them on the street, I would have to duck into a store that I would be ashamed. And so obviously something needs to be done. I have a lot of questions though, because I'm willing to make the amends. It's terrifying, but I'm willing to make the amends and own my part. But my, my fear is that I'm not, I'm afraid to clean off my side of the street, get back on a right relationship with these people, and then I'm going to do it again. I just don't have any faith that I can change my behavior. It has been with me as long as I can remember that I make these lasting relationships, fabulous friendships, and then as our life goes different ways, I... I forget them. I, I don't call them. I don't write. I don't, and like I abandon them. That's how I feel, like I abandon them. And anyway, so I have nothing but questions. Am I ready for the amends if I'm so doubtful about my ability to change? Uh, 
I know it's harmful to me. I know that it causes unease and disquiet. And um, so my sponsor recommended doing a fourth step on each of those individuals and see what comes up. And thank you for letting me share. Thank you, Patio. Next, we have Shanna C., followed by Penny P. Welcome, Shanna. Good morning. This is Shanna C., Recovered Compulsive Overeater from Tennessee. Thanks, everybody, for all the shares and for this wonderful meeting that I get to, to get on. Even when I'm out of town, I'm currently out of town, and I'm so grateful I get to be a part of and be portable. Um, you know, this paragraph means a lot. Uh, because it was one of the first times that, well, the only time that I had ever really been taught that I really do need to sit down and really take into consideration this other person, that I don't have to um, defend myself here. Uh, it's just that simplicity of telling them, you know, I'll never get over this until I've done my best to straighten out the past. You know, my side of the street, you know, realizing that nothing worthwhile can be accomplished until I do so. And that's for me to understand that I'm never going to get well until I've done my utmost to repair the damage. But the mind tends to say, it's my job to fix it. No, it's my job to show up and follow these directions. And the God of my understanding is the one that does any fixing that needs to be fixed. Because I can't, I couldn't even stop eating, even when I wanted to. I mean, I'm, mm. the mind of mine actually tries to tell me that I can actually go back and fix things without the aid of a power greater than myself. It's just so humbling to know that. That this God of that that I've by now wants to fix things, wants to help. Yeah, and I'm so grateful. One uh, one of the things that I have to say is um, the amends has been the the section of the steps where I have felt the absolute tangibility of the God of my understanding, where I see the reality of God in my own life, and. Um, you know, uh, one particular one particular man that that keeps coming to my mind is how uh, I had a family member that I, I went to that was probably my biggest critic, and I did this, and I said, "What can I do to make things right?" And this person says to me, "You can lose some lose some weight, you know, get your hair fixed, learn how to dress." blah, 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 and all this, and basically make, you know, I was heartbroken. Went back to my sponsor, and of course I didn't defend myself. I just listened, and, you know, and I took it back to my sponsor, and they said, it sounds like uh, this family member just basically wants you to take care of yourself, wants to see you happy, and in that person's mind, that's what it's going to take. So guess what's happened? I'm a part of a program that has absolutely taught me how to take care of myself, this program right here. The weight has come off. I'm healthier than I've ever been. You know, whatever, all of the things. And I got to approach this person last week. And you know what? He and I are in a relationship together. We had dinner together. And he asked me what I was doing because he needed help. Unbelievable. And you know what? I didn't have an I told you so attitude about it either. I love that person. I love my brother. Time, and, please. Um, anyway, th- thank you. That neutrality has come. And it's miraculous. I'm grateful. And, uh, that they'll have. Thank you, Penny P. Russ M., it's your turn, followed by Rev. Rachel P. Good morning, Russ. Hi. 
Russ, please go ahead. Then I think there was someone before me. It's okay. I've got you next, please, Russ. Thank you. Okay, okay. I'll make it quick. Russ Edmund, public compulsive overeater outside of Philly and PA. Um, you know, I'm listening to this all, all, all through this men's process, how to deal with them, and started off at me that, you know, even after all these years, I still want to justify what I've done, even in the amends process. And it's really hard for me. I'm just still, I still, I'm still a narcissist, I guess. I'm still a, just a prideful person. You know, Ken crushed his share, and I needed to hear that. Because it's not setting it up. I did it because of this or that. I got to say, yo, I did harm. Sorry I did it. How can I make it up to you? No strings, no nothing. And I'm always trying to justify. And, uh, you know, I have a couple things in my life right now I got to make amends for. And I'm hurt from all the interactions, everything that's going on. But I got to take my emotion out of it, and I just got to do, you know, do my side of the street. And I got to humble, humble myself or just shut the hell up and do what's right. And it, it is hard for me. I can't, I can't lie to you. But thank God I have this process that I can work through it and get better a little bit each, each time. But it's hard, man. It's a, I'm got a lot of pride. I got to ask God to continue to remove that. So thanks for letting me share. Thank you, Russ M. Rachel P., it's your turn. Welcome, Rachel. Good morning. This is Rachel P., Recovered Compulsive Reader. Um, I did hear a Rachel B. come in right after me. So I don't know if we, if, if I heard that correctly, maybe we can get her on next. Um, but I'll share um, quickly. So, you know, this, this paragraph says to me, you know, I've, I've got to keep it to my side of the street when I approach somebody with my amends. And I cannot talk about what they have done. I cannot go into, you know, the ways that I perceive that they have wronged me, um, which takes a lot of restraint. It really does. And, um, you know, I was thinking about what is the spiritual principle of this step. And for a second I thought that it was courage, and then I looked it up, and I realized, no, courage is actually step four. The um, spiritual principle of step nine is love, right? And and this step, making amends in this way and not making it about what the other person did at all, but just atoning for what I had done, it, it, take, it, it takes a lot of humility and it requires a lot of love, you know, love and care and compassion for this other person. And, um, you know, this next paragraph that we'll read tomorrow says, you know, nine cases out of 10, the unexpected happens. And I found this to be true just this morning, right? I did something a little bit petty with my partner when he had a boundary with me. And, you know, I, I sucked it up and I sent him a message and I said, I'm sorry for my behavior. I didn't go into, you know, what I perceived as far as what he had done wrong or how he had harmed me. It was, this is what I did and I'm sorry and this is not who I want to be. And it's not only about the apology, right? That's, that's kind of the first piece. It's also about the amends. So making that behavior change on an ongoing basis and, and doing, doing this, this process, really 
I found nine times out of 10 has brought me closer to the other person because when I take that first step, make that initiative to apologize and set that intention to change my behavior and actually change my behavior going forward, they, that person often comes forward and, um, you know, and, and is able to kind of, in a sense, clean up their side of the street. Not that that's my goal, but it does, you know, this whole process just strengthens, strengthens relationships and it, it just, it takes this, this sense of, of humility and love and care for the other person to really take that initiative in, in making that amends and, and not concerning myself with what the other person has done, but just my own side of the street and, um, you know, having cultivated a relationship with a higher power in the previous steps um, has helped me to do that. Um, so with that, I will pass. Thank you. Thank you, Rachel P. Was there another Rachel that I missed? Penny P. Penny, I'm sorry. Did I miss you? I apologize. Please go ahead, Penny. Thank you. Um, this will happen. I'm I'm writing them in. So this is great for me. Um, I really need to, to hear that because the men is really not about me. It's about the other person. And as I'm writing the men's, what I'm getting out of it, I just need to keep it on myself. And um, this program is really showing me how to have humility for the other person and to humble myself because it's telling me, you know, that as I make my amends, I'm not to criticize or argue or discuss any of his thoughts. But the focus really is, is, is on me, on in my side of the street and my stuff. And um, never telling that person what to do as I'm making amends. So um, this is really, it's really good um, for me because I can be very prideful in uh, wanting to um, look at other people's faults, you know, just, you know, even though I played a part in it, but, you know, I don't want to acknowledge my part, but the amends is not about that. And by me doing that, following this, it's, it's really bringing the best out of me, not realizing it. You know, because it's causing me to be humble and just focus, just focus on having humility and sharing my wrong. And 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 that, with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Penny P. Was there a Rachel B that I missed? Yes, this is Rachel B. May I be heard? Hi, Rachel. Yes, please go ahead. Thank you. No problem. Um. Uh, Rachel B., a recovered compulsive eater from Ontario, Canada. So these steps are really ego dismantling. And uh, the directions we have for step nine is really uh, crushes our ego in the sense that we have to let go of how we think things should turn out, um, how we think the other person should uh, behave, or um, how, how we may feel that we could justify our behavior. We really have to bring God into this step and, and let God control the outcome. Um, it's very hard for us to get out of ourselves uh, in, in terms of letting go of the ideas of, well, I did this because this person did that, and really, really leave ourselves at the door before we uh, approach another person. And it says that if we follow these directions and our manner is calm, frank, and open, we will be gratified with the result. And that result may not be what we have in our minds. Um, uh, that would be what we would consider a positive outcome. 
But if God's the director of our lives, then we know that God is the director of other people's lives as well, and that all will be as it should be, uh, whether we think the outcome is uh, a positive one or not. And if we just follow these directions and have God as our employer, um, then gratification from the results will come, whether it's positive or, or negative feedback from the other person, because we'll know that we have done what we were supposed to do and follow the directions of our higher power. And our, spir- our spiritual development has, and usefulness to others has been deepened, which is now the primary purpose of our life. Thank you. Thank you, Rachel B. Okay, we have time for two or three more shares. Who would like to share? Christina J. Colleen M. Laura G. Colleen M. Okay, let me tell you who I heard. Christina J. Is it Colleen M.? And there was somebody else. Okay, I've got Christina J. and Colleen M. Christina, please go ahead. Wow. Um, oh, sorry. Christina J., State of Washington, State of, Washington, State of North Carolina. I didn't know I was going to get shorter. Wow. Me or someone else? That weird noise coming in. Hello? Hi, we can hear you. Thank you. Yeah, there is background noise. Okay. Um, oh, God. This program, it's so humbling. It's so unveiling. It so strips us of so many things we believed in in the past, who we thought we were, how we were in our lives. This step eight and nine is a miraculous thing. But, you know, I have a disease, and it keeps trying to get in and tell me I'm too afraid to do this because why am I afraid? Because I, I, I. My reputation will be ruined. I I will be embarrassed. They'll gossip about me. Um, How could I own up to such a thing? I'll be put in jail. Um, People will look down upon me. It's all that stuff about me. I, I. And if I'm stripped of the I, I'm left with, hopefully, compassion, humbleness, understanding. And, you know, I have a story from all of this, all of the horrible things I did in my life, and they were horrible, um, that I can now be there for someone else who's done the same things, who feels the same shame, who feels the same fear and horror at having to possibly go to people that they've had resentments against for various things and found out their part, and say these truths that we're desperately sorry, and not because I'm going to stay clean, that's a side effing benefit. But because I'm truly sorry in my heart that I have come forward with such a moral character that was so flawed, that was not true about me. I didn't have that true moral character when I was in my disease of self. I thought I did, and that's how I can forgive myself, as I thought I did. I didn't know. Um, but the truth is, it's an unveiling, it's a stripping, it's a beautiful thing to discover who we truly are, and we can walk as good people in this earth. And this ninth step and this eighth step helped me to do that. And uh, so 
I am, I don't go to people in a spirit, in any spirit except humbleness. And another thing that I was trying to find my thoughts during that section there, um, the fears, you know, that's my disease. And also when I go to someone and they say, oh, you're such a wonderful person for doing this. Oh, my God, you're so fantastic. Oh, my disease loves that. Loves to jump up and down and say, what a wonderful person I am. <laughs> right. I'm just doing God's work, and I'm doing the work that's going to keep me sober and make me into a decent human being. And I don't say, I just humbly say thank you, um, but this is what I have to do to stay real and raw. And uh, I'm learning to become a human being. And, uh, you know, that's about it for me. Thank you for letting me Thank you. And Colleen M., it's your turn. Welcome, Colleen. Good morning. Thank you for your service, Lynn. This is Colleen M. from Maryland. Um, it's been a powerful meeting. I've enjoyed all the shares. And I just wanted to share about, you know, I spent a lot of my life manipulating people and trying to get them to do my will. And I thought very subtly, but I'm sure not so subtly. Um, a lot of my amends has been changing who I am and how I show up in my relationships, especially with my family. And um, I had an amends that I could not make um, to um, my ex-husband for for many years. And um, I was able to do that this last, uh, in in November, to him and, and to his wife. And it was so powerful. And the reason I couldn't do it is because for many years I had I was too invested in the outcome, and um, and how I was right and he was wrong. Through doing the you know intense work and really getting uh, connected and unblocked from my higher power, um, I was able to go to that and then with really just being a servant of doing God's will. Um, and it was it was uneventful. Um, I had done a lot of living amends in that, those relationships, but um, you know, it, it definitely put a closure for me. Um, maybe a check mark, you know, like okay, God, um, I'm good with you now, because it was something that kind of constantly haunted me. Like this has got to get done. This has got to get done. But I think some some amends, at least for me, I, you know, I definitely have to be, and I've heard other people talk, I have to be in the right frame of mind before I go and just cause more harm. But I also, when I make amends, I I need to be ready to change. You know, I, I have to show up differently. I cannot make amends and then continue to do the same thing over and over. Uh, actually, I've made amends to my children many times. They finally said, Mom, please do not make amends to us anymore. <laughs> so I I just try to show up differently for them today, and I try to be a different woman and um and with god's help i think you know attraction rather than promotion i can tell you all i want that you know i have what you want and you should follow me and i should you know because that's what i spent my life doing but if i don't have anything that looks good who's going to want it so anyway i just wanted to get that off of my chest and share and um it's just been so freeing to get that amends done um but i'm glad i waited until i was um properly ready and hopefully it was received um, that way as well so thanks for letting me share I'll pass thank you Colleen M 
thank you to everyone who shared and thank you for the extra ears this morning. I needed help. And a big thank you to our terrific team Thursday for their service in April. Janice S, Deborah M, Katie G, Pete B, Martha Z, uh, Pam SR, and Matt JF. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of SETI immediately following closing. And the share ID for this morning, Thursday, April the 27th, the 7 a.m. meeting, 20202. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Martha Z, would you please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Good morning, Lynn and my friends in recovery. This is Martha Z. I'm a compulsive overeater um, recovered by the grace of God in, outside of Philadelphia. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order, but obviously we cannot transmit something we haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until 